Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 275 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast, How I Lost 100 Pounds with guest Lindy Bolsterbaum. Yes, Lindy is a naturally nourished ambassador who has obviously made some huge health-oriented outcomes with losing over 100 pounds from 2017 when she discovered the ketogenic diet. And that's when we first met Lindy in the keto circuit. Uh, I think it was a Houston event where I was lecturing when the anti-anxiety diet was first coming out. And we've seen her since at KetoCon and all sorts of meetups and are so excited to have her as a Naturally Nourished Ambassador now for going on her second year sharing all of our functional medicine formulas. But she is really one of those go-getter, consistent rock stars who will share with you how she's stayed motivated, how she's mixed things up, and how she's gotten true results. So stay tuned. It's going to be an awesome episode to kick off your New Year's weight loss resolution and also how you can maintain optimal health and keep things rocking. Yes. So let's talk about our 12-week keto meal plan, which I can't think of a more timely episode to be talking about this. Yes. So if you're listening to this in real time, you can still take advantage of the pre-sale for just $36 for 12 weeks of recipes. Each week starting this Friday. Is that right, Becky? This yes. Friday. Yep. January 21st. If you purchase it now, you're going to get your first email blast on January 21st and each week following for 12 weeks where you will receive a grocery list. You will receive food as medicine recipes, about seven plus recipes per week. You will have a weekly challenge, which has a variety of focuses from food as medicine to hydration to movement to mixing up your fasting and metabolic flexibility or tracking your macros so that keeps you accountable and moving the dial in the right direction and then also you're going to get of course every week a matrix which lays everything out for you as far as structure and strategy of timing Uh, each week you'll get a different meal plan emailed to you so if you purchase this now you'll get them on Fridays Otherwise, you'll get your first week the day that you purchase, if you purchase this after January 21st, and then in week increments going forward. Uh, For now, if you purchase it at the pre-sale, it's just $36, so less than a week, uh, once one latte a week, excuse me, like $3.75 a week. And even at the full price of $45 for 12 weeks, it's still a steal of a deal. So we hope that you'll take advantage of it. Go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. Search 12-week meal plan and purchase and you and your whole family will thank us for all of the diversity and flavor um, and all of the fun stuff that you'll be cooking up that will also serve as food as medicine for optimal health, disease prevention, and all of your weight loss and metabolic goals. Yes. What are your favorite recipes so far? 
Goodness, I recently and in week three is going to be a spaghetti squash pad thai with mm-hmm. shrimp, which is really delightful. Um, so I used a cashew butter sauce in that and real Thai chili. So really good for like clearing up mucus and phlegm. Um, and I do incorporate each week at least one seafood recipe, which sometimes is a challenge for some of us. But, you know, I think it's really important if I'm setting for clients myself a food is medicine goal of fish two to three times a week. Like week one incorporates the Mediterranean tuna salad. Um, and then there's always that wild card option. And that's where often I'll eat like red snapper or um, some form of a wild caught golf fish, maybe halibut as a Northwest fish option. Um, but we give you guidance also on navigating that once a week dine out or eating at a friend's house, how to best keep on track while still getting all of your flavor profiles met. It's a good blend of comfort food as well as light and bright. And that's what I've really been enjoying. And each week there's a variety of textures and preparation. So like you might do the Philly cheesesteak stuffed peppers, which are roasted in the oven. And then you might do the herb rubbed pork tenderloin on the grill. Uh, You might do the carnitas, which are in the slow cooker with a nice riff on black beans with some fond bone broth at no palito to get some spice in there and some cabbage slaw for roughage. And so you're going to get the nice crunch of raw, the nice umami of Asian flavor profiles. You're going to get warming. You're going to get grilled. And we've been really thoughtful in composing this so that we can hopefully hit all palates and also kind of work you to expand what your comfort zone is and get some good variety. And that's what makes really food as medicine sustainable is keeping it fresh and fun. Yep. Yep. Totally. Such a fun thing for us to put out, and we are excited for you to take advantage. Yes, so go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and put in um, the word weekly meal plan, and you'll be able to purchase that. Again, $36 presale, but as of January 20th, it goes up to $45. So try to take advantage of the discount price. Still worth it either way. Yes. All right. And then our women's wellness retreat is right around the corner. So March 25th through 27th in Dripping Springs, Texas. We are so excited to welcome you guys to our first ever retreat. I know. I'm kind of like freaking out and equally excited to just hang out with awesome mm. like-minded individuals. Well, we've the... been talking about it for like two and a half years. We have. Like like pre-pandemic, we were trying to do it and then it kind of hit and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so this is at a 9,000 square foot luxury accommodation based home. So we don't have to worry about any drama of anyone else's policies. And, and that was a huge thing mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. figure out and navigate. Uh, so we are going to have a pool on site and hot tub so I definitely envision some cold plunges starting off the day we'll have stargazing and six plus hours that I'll be lecturing on functional medicine topics like intermittent fasting metabolic flexibility adrenals and hormones and so much more and um, Becky and I will be doing on Saturday night a four-course cooking class that y'all will be able to gather into the kitchen and also have some prep stations where we'll get you pretty involved. We'll have food as medicine workshops daily as well as daily movement. I'm bringing in a bluegrass band that played for my birthday, so we really enjoyed them, and we'll do barbecue and bluegrass to kick things off. It's going to be such an awesome combination of just like fun, belly laughs, connecting with like-minded women, especially those of you that might be in areas where you're feeling a little isolated or alone or like 
all of your coworkers are, you know, really excited about the double masking and all of these restrictions. And you just want to be with some wellness warrior freedom women. And I think that this will really lean that opportunity to gain that, again, fortitude and fluidity to feel strong for the new year um, and to just solidify your goals and also inspire you for another year of optimal wellness. We'll be doing an off-site olive oil farm tour and charcuterie tasting and some wine tasting and just so much goodness in between. I think that you're going to leave with really deep found friendships. And um, when you go on over to AllieMillerRD.com, if you put in the word uh, retreat, you can start to shop the different accommodation options. So prices for this weekend, the entire weekend, all inclusive. This is including literally food is medicine from when you wake up to when you put your head on your pillow uh, is going to include two plus meals because of course most of us are intermittent fasting and snacking anyway um, but there will be all of the things available nourishment as well as workshops lecture movement off-site tours and of course your luxury accommodations ranging from just $1,500 to $2,000 for the entire weekend. So you can select whether you do a shared king bed option and bring along your bestie or whether you find a full bed private option in our team player accommodations and there's also some newly released accommodations where you can have a uh, single bed in a queen style um, and so much more. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com, put in the word retreat. You can shop available options, but I will say that we close sales at the end of February. We need a tight list of who's coming so we can really make sure that everyone's going to be a good fit and we can get all of your swag bags, which are valued at like $400 plus of goodies from our favorite vendors for everyone received and happening. Um, so make sure you go on over and purchase today uh, at AllieMillerRD.com and you can use the code PODCAST10 to save 10% on the accommodations. That's only going to be available for a short window. So if you've been hemming and hawing, take, an take advantage of this today. Go on over to AllieMillerRD.com, type in the word retreat, and use podcast 10 at checkout to save 10% on your selected accommodations. Yes, this is a big highlight of my social calendar this spring, for sure. <laughs> I know, right? It, it's like literally all of our favorite things thing. in one weekend, yeah. and so it couldn't get any better. Yeah. Um, and let's real quick share a word from our sponsor, Santa Cruz Medicinals, who will for sure be participating in that weekend as well. Lindy shares on today's episode that she uses Santa Cruz Medicinals in her coffee daily, the French vanilla. Um, and so adding CBD or cannabidiol is a great way to offset that adrenaline epinephrine surge of coffee. Um, cannabidiol or CBD is a compound in the cannabinoid family or from the cannabis plant. It is not going to be psychotropic, but it is going to be anti-inflammatory, anxiolytic or anxiety reducing, and also neurologically supportive. So for individuals that are dealing with muscle cramps or are dealing with Parkinson's or neurological disease like MS, we see great beneficial outcomes in research. We also know that CBD can be fabulous for anxiety, for insomnia, and just the generalized fight or flight surge stress response. Uh, we recommend doing as Santa Cruz Medicinals does, a 100 milligram a day challenge so that you can really see with an effective dosage if it has an impact on your outcomes. And when you go on over to scmedicinals.com, use the code AllieMillerRD to save 15% on your order and get free shipping. While you're there, you may wanna try some of our favorite formulas. I love their Epsom salt soak. 
1,000 milligram CBD mixed with Epsom salt and essential oils and sea salt, a really great foot soak or bath for you. Their pain solve also, I use that regularly with menstrual cramps. Um, it has no phthalates, no preservatives, no SLS, but it does have CBD and good essential oil compounds to help to get into that neuromuscular tension. And then I'm a big fan of their deep sleep caps, which are 50 milligram CBD combined with valerian and L-theanine. And then their droppers are very potent based on, you know, what um, potency you select, but you can get upwards to 83 milligrams of CBD per ml. And this is really unheard of in the marketplace. Often we're looking at like 10, 12 milligrams. And really, again, you want to be more in the 30 to 50 to have effective dosage. And we definitely recommend if you're going to, if you're new to CBD, you try that 100 milligrams a day challenge and see how you wake up in your body. Less aches, less pains, more overall sense of grounding and calm. Definitely something that can be supportive for optimal health. So go on over to scmedicinals.com. Use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout. You'll save 15% and get free shipping. All right. I'm going to read Lindy's bio and then we will bring her on the podcast. Lindy is a teacher in San Antonio, Texas. She has two children, is the wife of a San Antonio fireman, and has spent the last four and a half years revolutionizing her health and wellness, losing over 100 pounds since she started keto back in 2017. She's found a passion for optimal health and loves helping others to go from sick and feeling help helpless as she once did to feeling empowered and feeling great. She's a naturally nourished ambassador where she shares functional nutritional formulas and she's become a certified personal trainer and began a health coaching business called Compass Wellness where she shares along with her partners Terry and Alyssa unique experiences and methods to help women of all ages navigate their wellness journeys. As a wife, mother, teacher, and small business owner, Lindy is passionate about showing others that if she can go from her before to her after, they can too, one choice at a time. Hey, Lindy, welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Good morning, ladies. It's so great to be here with you. We are so excited to chat with you. We, you know, feel like we know you quite well because yes. I remember I, I saw in your form that that now I remember you met uh, me first at the Houston Keto Low Carb event. Yes, right? yes, yeah. that was my first introduction. And as I've said before, my friend Alyssa, she was like, "You're you're gonna love this next presenter." I'm like, okay, great. So I settle in. And then you start speaking and I almost fell out of the chair that I settled into. I was God. just blown away. It was great. I was like, oh, love this lady. I'm in. <laughs> yes. And then you kind of hold it down as our like, we have our little like San Antonio tribe, right? Of yes. you and Alyssa and Terry. And, and we'll talk about the work that y'all are doing out there as well as we get rocking with things. But I know I, I always enjoy seeing your friendly face at all of the Texas events in the keto space. Yes. And um, we have loved having you as the Naturally Nourished Ambassador. And now our audience kind of gets to know a little bit about you. So we shared a little brief write-up about your journey, of course, yes. with our audience. But I would love just to kind of hear from you, maybe before we get into the like success and positive pieces, yeah. Here we like, let's just open up with what, um, kind of where your starting point was, I guess, maybe sure. the wrong turns or shortcomings of diet culture. Um, you know, what were some of the big bumps in your road and, um, drivers of weight gain in the process? 
absolutely. Well, looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and uh, looking back uh, through the days of watching my mom go through, you know, diet culture and sprinkling, uh, you know, oh gosh, probably aspartame onto her uh, grapefruit and having toast and um, oatmeal and you know, running, 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 running. Um, uh, it just, you know, all those low fat times when, you know, we were inundated with chemical shit storms, you know, I, looking back now, it's like, well, of course, you know, <laughs> there's my problem. Yes. So um, ultimately, I um, grew up during that time of the 80s and 90s. And so everything was, you know, highly convenient. I'm the oldest of seven kids. Okay. Um, so there was this convenience factor that came into play. And um, fast forward to uh, growing up and being in my 20s, I was always moderately overweight, but I would always work out and um, uh, had my daughter early. She is now almost 22. And um, I found that then, you know, thrust into work life and trying to, you know, raise a, a young child and um, just eating everything that was convenient, fast food and uh, things that were cheaper. Um, and yes, I always knew that there was something that I could be doing as far as, you know, moderating my consumption, but I never really connected the dots to where the quality of what I was eating was really doing um, a really huge disservice, to, you know, to my overall health. Um um, fast forward to after having my son, um, we actually, my husband's a fireman here in San Antonio, and uh, there was a death uh, of a fireman um, very tragically, um, and it was the first death since my husband had become a fireman that really, it just hit home, like, wow, at any moment I could lose my husband, you know, he loves this job, he is fantastic at it. He's, he's an aggressive fireman. Um, and I, I easily could have seen him being, you know, you know, dying in a fire. Where, where would I be at that point? I was close to 260 pounds and I had been, um, in my new profession of teaching and all the stressors that come along with that, a new baby. Um, and uh, I just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then that, that, um, the death of Scott Deem just really hit home to where it's like, I have got to make a change. You know, if I am to have to do this life on my own for my children without the support of my husband, um, whom I was really starting to lean on very much so because I was just becoming more and more sick. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was a huge wake up call. And I just started digging. I started uh, looking into Facebook groups, looking online and I found this thing called keto. <laughs> and I remember this first post that I made on my Facebook page, just wondering, you know, putting feelers out there. Has anyone heard of this? And of course, the people um, for the different um, exogenous ketone um, MLMs, you know, started reaching out. I'm like, oh, I don't think that's quite where I'm going with this. But, you know, I, I hear there's some sort of dietary change I could make. And, you know, I looked at Whole30, looked at Paleo, looked at all these different options. And I really felt like there was this good fit for me with keto. And so I just started one day, I just jumped in. I was like, okay, I've, I've just got to start. And you know what, if, if uh, all goes wrong, you know, 
look at me now. Like there's how much more, you know, how much worse can I get? You know, let's just, let's just try this different approach and see where it takes me. Um, So really I was coming from a point of almost life or death. You know, I just, it really hit rock bottom, really hit home to where I was like, listen, I've been given this one life Mm -hmm. and right now I'm not doing the best with it that I could. And I need to make a change. And that was it. Um, let's talk about that, about just how the excess weight was impacting you in terms of health, quality of life. I don't know if there was any like diagnosis of prediabetes or anything yet, or, um, anything that you felt like, Oh, I can't do the things I used to do. I think I I didn't have a specific diagnosis. I think you can look at my pictures and see the prediabetes on, you know, through my waistline. Um, but it was, it was only a matter of time. Um, I, was having a really hard time. Like I would lose breath, you know, I was a teacher. So the stamina issue would come Mm -hmm. home and just sit on the couch. That was it. I was done. Um, I had chronic anxiety, um, ADD, ADHD, um, a really hard time focusing and, uh, just overall just feeling horrible all the time. You know, I was real susceptible to, um, strep as a teacher. Um, so every year I would get strep, you know, regardless um, of like trying my best not to, you know, get it. Um, uh, I just was in overall in really bad shape. Yeah. So kind of just overall inflamed and fatigued, the mental emotional pieces there. And what Absolutely. Year, what year was it then? So you said you hit a peak weight of 260 and, and what yes. year was it when you made that shift to start keto? Yeah, it was May of 2017. Okay. And so, uh, let's talk about before then, did you more just dabble or did you make any deep wrong turns with diet culture? Or like, you know, you mentioned a couple other things that you had looked into, or was it just that as of May of 2017, you were finally emotionally ready. And that happened to be the first deep attempt, the keto. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. That was when I was just deeply emotionally ready, all the kind of everything kind of aligned Mm -hmm. prior after when my daughter was around like five or six, um, I went ahead and white knuckled it and did like, I would restrict myself to like 900 calories a day. Mm -hmm. I would work out like crazy. I was on my elliptical for like an hour at a time. Um, and I, I did really well. I, I lost probably about 60 to 70 pounds, but the moment I took a breath and, uh, released and didn't monitor my calorie consumption, um, the weight came back on very, very quickly. So, um, and that's, that's then, you know, it led to about 260 pounds was, somewhere in the range of where I was. I really didn't know probably at my heaviest, it could have been heavier than that, but it was around 260 um, that you see some of those before pictures of me. Let's talk about what made keto a fit. Like what was that like in the early days of, of keto? What kind of clicked there for you? And then maybe a little bit on how your keto has evolved, you know, in the years since. Oh, definitely. So I think the very first thing was um, watching the inflammation kind of fall away as a lot of people put it. Oh, it's just water weight that first week to two weeks. But man, you see this huge difference. Um, I think I lost 11 pounds that first week. Of course, I was very large to begin with. Um, but the inflammation was the very first thing that just really started to make me feel free. Like, oh, wow, I, I'm 
this is working, number one. And I just started feeling almost immediately better. The second big thing I think when fat adaption happened was that hunger signal that was always just so in my face, like just constantly hungry, having to white knuckle. Okay. Just wait a couple more hours than you could have your hundred calorie pack or whatever it was, you know, back in the day, this was different. It was like, I, um, I wasn't hungry. It just, it was such a big change. And, and for me thinking back on it now, that was my body finally being satiated, finally getting the fat that it needed, the nutrients that it needed. Because even though I was 260 pounds, it's quite obvious to me and in the hunger signals that I was getting, I was still being very much, um, I, I wasn't getting the nutrients I needed. Right. You know, I was still right. very much starving, Over even as this, yeah. that's right. A hundred percent. So those were two of the really big things. And that really just kept me motivated. Like this is different. This is like nothing else I've ever tried before. Yeah. How was your key? Yeah. Let's talk about like how you started and then maybe turns that you've made that you feel like you've loved and kept or things that you do on occasion or, you know, sure. um, maybe a wrong turn or I don't know, just kind of how things have evolved yeah. with your keto. I think for me, visualization was such a big thing. I needed to see people that were in my, you know, body type making the changes. And when I first started uh, looking, I found so many different like um, it felt like religion, <laughs> so many different facets or ways that people handle it, like the high fat group or the, uh, more protein group. And mm-hmm. I hadn't found you guys yet, but I, I was just really watching, monitoring, you know, these different approaches to keto. And I found that, um, a more high protein approach was something that fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw more success visually at first, it was all just kind of watching anecdotal stories on Facebook groups and things like that, but definitely seeing more of the success that I was looking for um, visually, these before and afters. And I could see people that were as large as I was making such big progress. And I was like, okay, this this seems like a fit. Um, but my start was a very almost dirty keto approach. I, I, I see that it's kind of this bridge between the standard American diet and kind of getting me to where I ha- where I am now. Um, and I think when I first started hearing you, Allie, you were talking about this good, better best approach. And that was a really great way of, for me to be like, okay, I, this is a good thing, but I need to keep my eye towards best. Um, so for me, like, um, at the beginning there was tons of, you know, the keto treats and, and things like that, a lot of baking and, um, kind of just subbing those, you know, comfort foods from my past into my keto lifestyle. But I slowly was able to kind of break up. And I think more of it is kind of this emotional attachment to a way of eating, you know, like it's, you know, you have your muffins in the morning and you, you know, you do these certain things and they almost become ritualistic for you. So there is almost this breakup process that happens when you realize I breakfast might not be the the most important meal of the day, or I can fast and that's okay. Um, so there's a big, there's just tons of behavioral shifts along the way um, that that went along with it. Um, but then on the other end of that, every time I made some change, I just felt so much better. 
So it just kept me along for the ride. And I just kept feeling like, okay, let me keep my feelers out. Or if I would see an idea that I wasn't quite ready for yet, I had that in, in my, in my sights and knew that I would eventually get to it. Kind of the idea with, um, with artificial sweeteners and things Mm -hmm. like that. So that was easily, um, something at first that I could, Oh, drop sugar, but add all these other, you know, sweeteners. Um, but then I realized my tastes are changing and everything started shifting and, and it really did shift, uh, more away from the kind of dirtier keto into this cleaner keto approach into a very clean keto approach, um, that I follow now. Yeah. I mean, it's like that, that whole thing of like, right. Do I sub out the Ben and Jerry's pint for the blank brand of the keto ice cream while sitting on my butt in front of the TV, eating it out of the pint? What kind of, you know, and it's like, well, that's a step because, you know, it's not all high fructose corn syrup. It's not as much of a hepatotoxin. It's not going to drive as much of a dysglycemic effect. But what are you doing to your microbiome? What are you doing? And and do you need to be stimulating any insulin response at all at 9 p.m.? Or should you instead just have an antioxidant rich tea and call it a night kind of thing? Absolutely. 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 And and so there was still that time where I felt the need for some of those crutches, like those keto ice cream treats here and there. But it was so beautiful to watch this progression away. And and when I found you, that that whole world of the gut microbiome and, and this interplay, you know, the, the, um, HPA access, you know, there's this huge world that was opened up to me that I was keying in on, you know, somehow, but then there are these, this whole new language that was put toward, to this, um, these ideas, these feelings that I was having. Um, so that was really, that was huge whenever I found you and started kind of going down that rabbit hole of, oh, wow, there's more to this than what I even even thought to begin with. Love it. Totally. Um, let's talk, was exercise part of the journey from the get-go or when did like the fitness component come in and how has that kind of fit into your journey as well? How did it evolve? Yeah. Yeah. So I started off really being cardio bunny at first, you know, it just was actual getting movement in. And it was a big part of my day. Um, as far as like making sure that I had anywhere from 20 minutes up to around 40 minutes of either walking, running, um, eventually it got to a rowing machine. Um, but my eyes were still on these people in these groups that I thought were just absolute badasses and, and were doing, you know, weight trading. And um, I just wasn't ready yet. I felt intimidated. I wasn't quite yet ready there. But exercise was, movement was always part of my um, program. I did really focus in on getting the, um, my nutrition locked in, the changes between standard American and moving into keto first. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely walking was um, a very quick add-in to what I was doing early on. Um, and probably around year two, is when I was like, okay, I'm ready for this strength training thing. And uh, I had a a friend of mine who is a personal trainer that got me started on a program. Um, And I remember the first day I went to the gym, I was so intimidated. I actually sat uh, at the house and like cried. I was like, nobody's going to go and hold my hand into the gym. There's not going to be anyone there to help me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And uh, those first few steps into the gym that day were almost as big as me 
stepping into the world of keto um, because weight training has become something that is so important to my physical, mental uh, well-being. um, And I absolutely love it. It's, it's, it's great. And you're quite disciplined. I see you on Instagram doing really early mornings. Yes. <laughs> tell, how do you do that? Oh, uh, so, so that evolved. So at first, when I see you with your bare feet, drinking your coffee, um, you know, grounding, I'm like, yes. I can do that. But then I see you and you like timestamp your gym. And I feel like sometimes there's a number four in there. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> So yes. So, okay. Um, living in a big city, you have to compete for all, you know, if you go to a gym, you're going to have to, you know, drive in traffic and then compete for all the machines. And I, I don't like that. I like to go in there and do my thing and have time. And uh, another thing is being a teacher at the end of the day. Um, I, you know, there's meetings, different things come up. You're exhausted that your soul feels like it has been pulled from your body sometimes. And so (laughs) I just found that I, I can't, not excuse my way out of something that makes me feel so good. I need to pay myself first. And I I found, yeah, I found that if I start my day with my workout, everything else just kind of falls into place easily for me. So, uh, that started my 315 wake up call and I get up, I go to the gym and then I'm ready for the rest of my day. And it's just, it's been something that I really find just like my before and after pictures that I post on Instagram. I I really, it's almost a paying forward. I want to bring people, you know, a catchy before and after picture really catches the eye and kind of brings in those who uh, might not have otherwise thought of keto or thought of working out as being really sustainable. Um, However, uh, when they start to see, oh, you just need consistency. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a huge, you know, it's a huge share. It's a huge eye-opening experience that, hey, even, you know, a, a regular lady that started off at 260 pounds that has, you know, a job that she has to get to every morning and all the stressors of life that come her way, you know, she's consistently in that gym in the morning when I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's no way I can't do it. Yes. Yes, you can. Whatever you make important to yourself, you know, becomes important and, and you get it done. Okay. But what time do you go to bed? (laughs) (laughs) So I know that I have to prioritize sleep because that actually is another really important key in this whole equation, you know? So that is the one place though, sometimes I, I struggle. So I have to be in bed by nine usually. Yeah. Um, so to be able to get up and, and have at least a good solid six to seven hours, you know, of course I, there are some days where if my husband's home, um, I'll, I'll sometimes sneak into bed like around seven thirty or eight, you know? Um, but yeah, by nine for sure. Okay. Okay. And so when did you, so you started the gym in 2019 and was that first time you went in at 4am or, Oh no. First have to yeah. see, talk yourself into the gym and fall in love with it. Yes. How did that transition occur? That is so, that's exactly what happened. I had to, yeah. like I had to get someone used to doing it. like, you know, a 20 hour fast from standard American diet, you know, it's like, Whoa. Oh yeah, no, it was definitely a process. And sure. To, I started in the summer, kind of like I did with keto. So that, okay. that was kind of nice for me as a teacher. I do have that time. Yeah. And I can dedicate it. I could spend more time kind of getting to know the equipment and getting okay. a feel for the routine. 
Um, but yeah, so then I knew after that first summer, I was like, okay, I've got to transition this a little bit to make this work. And so prior to me even going in for our, you know, the, te- the few weeks before the kids come in, um, I are in our in-service time. I started going at five and then went at four. And so just kind of slowly getting myself used to it. Yes. Getting acclimated to the whole thing. Okay. And what I'm hearing, what I love is, uh, you know, just overall in your journey, one of my favorite quotes that I say with anti-anxiety diet is, you know, when people vacillate from mediocre to shitty, yes, they, they just don't know what optimal feels like. And so that's why they that's never right. give themselves that opportunity of food as medicine and, you know, optimal, healthy lifestyle. And what I'm hearing from you is like, when you started to make these changes, you started to come to life in a new way. And that became kind of like the replacement drug, if you will. Right. That's right. Feeling good was the part that was a big motivator for you. Is that accurate? And can you kind of expand on how you have maintained motivation? What types of things that you've done to keep the focus and the changes going? I think you're, you're absolutely right. That is, that's, it's, key as far as the the feeling like I when I don't work out when I choose to eat something subpar it just you the feeling is you I hate feeling like shit and uh, I I have I think that's one of the biggest aha moments was wow I have so much control over how I feel just by putting in place a very clean diet just by putting in place uh, and prioritizing my exercise um, I just don't want to go back and feel fuzzy headed. I don't want to, I don't want to um, feel uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, I, I want to have that cognitive power, that focus. And, and um, so all of these things, it just really does make it easy to follow. I'm also a numbers person. So way back in the, in the beginning, even watching like the progression on the, the urinalysis strips, the color going from, you know, one thing to the other, and then watching my, my body actually leveling out the, my blood glucose um, and watching ketone production. Wow, my body's actually actually doing this thing and it's doing what I'm asking it to do. What a concept, you know? So um, the numbers, then becoming part of a community was also a, a key in the quote unquote motivation factor, just helped keep me accountable, helped me see that I wasn't alone. And when I say community, joining groups on Facebook, also listening to podcasts. So there'd be, there'd be days where I'm like, um, you know, I'm feeling down let me listen to naturally nourish, let me get some more education. And there's so many times where I was completely alone as far as um, nobody around me was really doing keto. My husband was totally supportive, but my family wasn't quite keto. Um, And of course, friends, you know, in my regular social groups and at work, nobody was doing it. Um, But if I could surround myself with other people in, in, um, podcast or watching YouTube videos, that kind of thing. It really helped me stay focused, gave me some new ideas or tips or tricks to try out and just kept me pushing along on, on this goal. I really, I made a promise to myself and, uh, nobody else can keep that promise to me, but me and, uh, just, just keep going. I just dig in, keep going and, uh, one day, one choice, one moment leads to the next. 
I think you've hit it, but consistency is really like yes. the underlying factor Abs- here. Um, yes, let's absolutely. In terms of, of motivation, like getting through a plateau or if you ever hit a plateau, or if this is something yeah. you've worked with, maybe clients with tips for, for busting through. Yes. Um, so I really find that, you know, the body is very adaptive. So a little bit of a change here and there. So whether you're, your fasting window, you make a little bit of an adjustment. So typically I would, I tend to like to keep my window, not eat until like around sometime after 11 o'clock um, in the morning. But I find that if I am kind of in a stall or I wanted to kind of shake things up, or if somebody else is kind of going through the same thing, move your eating window, try eating earlier in the day and then closing it earlier in the afternoon, evening, um, just any little shift, um, try some new music, uh, try, uh, a new workout routine, go and go and do a group class, just something different to shake it up can help you. Um, also just analyzing, um, one of the biggest things that, um, I think is a, is a very, um, people don't love to track their food. Um, but I feel like if, if your goal is weight loss, um, fat loss, then really being honest with yourself as far as your tracking, right. if there's, there's a place for there's carb creep, there's, you know, increased caloric consumption totally. and you just kind of really hone that in. Um, and then you can liberalize and you can let go. You, you can look at yourself again and yeah. be like, okay, got it down. But going back and being real tight with, with monitoring is something else that really has always helped. I think that's huge. Becky and I are always saying, we're like, well, we can't help you eat better if we don't know what you actually are eating. (laughs) And if you don't know, you're not mindful enough or tied in to what you are actually eating and it's conceptual, there's so much that can occur in that vague space of understanding versus actually tracking your intake. And there is the quantitative element of, yes, sometimes people misestimate their macros or like you said, carb creep, maybe they're getting 60 grams and they thought they were getting 22 or whatnot. Um, but there's also qualitative. Sometimes we'll see just by people tracking their food intake, you know what, every day you have, you know, this particular lunch or high amounts of X, Y, Z ingredient you're gaining weight and that's probably an inflammation response from water. And so there's probably a food sensitivity here. So, you know, so much, both qualitative and quantitative can come from there, especially if, and and in the new year, this is something I encourage everyone to do, you know, just do a 10 day audit, just do a 10 day audit on whatever tracker you want, like my fitness pal or, you know, carb master or whatever you like, and keep some qualitative notes on like, how was your digestion that day? How was your sleep that evening? Um, You know, maybe watch some variance in weight um, and note if you had any inflammatory response, because that can be such a great free assessment that can do numbers for your overall outcomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let's maybe talk about the like mental and emotional shifts that you've experienced with, you know, this weight loss period. Um, How did it feel, you know, initially? starting to get more attention or, you know, being able to wear certain types of clothes or just cope yeah. with you, coping with your changing body. What did that look like for you? Yeah, it, it was quite fast where you almost had to, my mind didn't quite 
wasn't caught up with my body sometimes. Um, So there was a lot of reflection. And then also just kind of, I had to remind myself I'm doing this. Um, So a lot of times like uh, posting in different groups, posting before and afters or, you know, a current before and after was something that helped keep me um, not being as critical of myself. I think along the, the path, really giving myself grace and, and, um, helping kind of keep myself, Hey, this is actually you look at this picture, you know, like you're, you're doing this, you're doing a great job. Um, that was very helpful. Um, I also just realized that, you know, my quote unquote previous weakness wasn't really weakness. You know, it was, there was a lot of physiological responses that I was not understanding. Like I said before, like I was actually very, um, nutrient starved, you know, so um, actually coming to the the place where, hey, this is you, it wasn't you doing anything as far as a weakness, you know, that kind of, um, I feel like whenever the, the blood sugar started uh, kind of leveling off, I really got to a place of, of stability in many, in many aspects, both emotionally and cognitively. And of course, physically watching my body shrink was, was pretty, um, exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I mean, going and buying new clothes, that sure is fun, you know, getting, (laughs) getting to, uh, go out with friends and, and see yourself actually feeling comfortable in social settings that you weren't comfortable in prior. Um, just super exciting being able to be an active mom with my kids, uh, going on dates with my husband, you know, all of these little doors started opening up. I remember the first time I was able to put that regular size towel around myself, you know, these little things that uh, I used to think of like, wow, I I don't know if I'll ever be there weighing less than my husband. Um, We went on trips and I would do things, excursions that I didn't do before, um, like parasailing and things like that. Being that heavy, you are so restrictive in, in a body, um, that, um, being without the layers of fat, uh, that I had that I carried for for so long was quite liberating and freeing and um, it just made my life so much better it really really did and just overall feeling that from the inside out was huge so I have a question along these veins I always yes. you know like to talk about food freedom being different how most people in the mainstream culture consider that concept like that to me like that sounds to me like food freedom like the idea of parasailing like how could you have more food freedom like yes free in your body to do whatever you choose to do yes um what would be your response personally just kind of as someone who's lived in both spaces of you know what food freedom is and and what about feedback to the like but all foods fit concept (laughs) um and and just kind of some interested in what your thoughts are there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just point back to my, my before picture and just say, listen, if you say that, you know, this, this, this diet that I follow, this lifestyle that I follow is restrictive. Please take a look at that, that version of me in the before picture, that woman is restricted and could not get off of the blood sugar roller coaster. Um, when I made the choice towards keto, I feel like that was so clutch in the fact that I don't know if I would have been able to maintain even on a clean paleo or whole 30 very well, because I was so metabolically damaged that I did need to 
really strictly level out, um, my, that carbohydrate, you know, that, that blood sugar, um, rise and fall, I really had to get that under, under wraps. And then now I'm at a point where I actually can handle more whole food carbs. I remember after the first 10 day detox I did on your program, um, eating, it was either an apple or, or a pear or something. And I remember messaging you like, I had a freaking apple or I had, it was a pear, like, you know, that was a big deal. I didn't, I didn't become morbidly obese eating apples and pears, but my body was so metabolically damaged that I needed to, for a while, do without in even whole food carbohydrates for a while. Um, uh, and I was able to free myself, you know, that it it's, there's a lot of freedom that comes after you can break that cycle of that blood sugar roller coaster, that dysregulation and getting your body back to kind of a nice, you know, even keel set point. And then, you know, being able to go from there and eating, eating fruit, eating a sweet potato, having, you know, my veggies when I want them um, has been, it's been awesome. I, I truly am free. And a lot of people talk about like going on vacation, like speaking of, uh, you know, the parasailing event, um, always talk about like, oh, well, you know what, I'm on vacation. I I like to eat whatever I want on vacation. Well, I like to feel as best I can all the time, especially on vacation. I want to feel amazing. You know, I want to be able to run down the beach for, for hours on end. And, um, so sticking to quote unquote plan for me. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's how I love to feel. So, you know, there's no, you know, candy or, you know, chips or anything like that, that would make me want to, you know, go without this feeling. So I I'm free. I'm definitely free. Love it. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, what about in terms of, um, you know, obviously that's a big mental, emotional shift. What about like the ADHD you mentioned and the anxiety, did that kind of go away when you found this lifestyle as well? Yes. And, and, and tears, you know, there was, there was a lot of, um, focus that I was able to get back. And I noticed that, you know, uh, on mornings where I would do, uh, more fasting, um, or at school, if I was able to fast longer, my cognition was even better. So I noticed, okay, there must be this correlation between, um, my blood sugar, you know, leveling out. And as soon as I eat, I get a little bit more fuzzy headed, but also it has to do with the quality of what I'm eating. I can mimic those same feelings and, and focus abilities, um, with a cleaner diet. So, um, I, where I would have more anxiety, um, when I was heavier, the, the more I lost weight and the cleaner my diet got, the better my anxiety. I could definitely tell like little spikes prior to like ovulation, little spikes prior to actual cycle. But instead of this just constant overrunning anxiety and um, ADD, um, it, it has completely dissipated. Um, there'll be times like prior to, you know, a podcast interview or public speaking where, you know, I get my GABACOM and I'm good. Um, but I was going to say, I know also GABACOM plays a role, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Layered in supplements, but right. supplements I know are a big play too, to get that <laughs> next level. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent between that. And then just keeping consistent with my exercise. It, it just all has, has played a beautiful, you know, synergistic role in keeping me feeling my best. It really has. And have you played with, with your exercise? I know you mentioned that most days you're fasting. It sounds like, you know, multiple hours post exercise. 
are you yeah. doing anything for muscle recovery or do you do particular days that are more like, you know, macro muscle hits where you adjust your eating style to get higher protein, um, closer to the exercise yeah. time or what have you played with in that scope? Yeah. So I'm, I'm still kind of playing with this idea. Now I'm starting to play a little bit more with targeted carbohydrate, you know, prior, like the night prior, things like that. I'm still kind of, you know, playing with, playing with it, um, which is, that's part of the fun, the journey and, and the self-experimentation. That's part of the thing that I've loved about this whole process all the way through. Um, but yes, like use of like inflammazyme, I have found to be really, really helpful, not only through, and we can talk about like my surgery, yeah. um, but then also, you know, even just through muscle recovery and things like that. Um, I definitely keep high protein uh, as a goal when I do eat. So when I do break, break my fast um, protein is something that I push first for sure like 40 grams or at least 30 or what's your target yeah that's a great target so uh, throughout the day total I'm looking anywhere from a lower day would be anywhere from about 90 up to about 140 grams of protein Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and kind of so yeah so each three times of the day correct correct yes Mm -hmm. yeah Um, good. Let's talk about the surgery. So you lost a hundred plus pounds in two years or two and a half years. Let's talk about when, um, a, I want to know when you got rid of the clothing in your closet, like when you were like, this is out (laughs) right away, or did you hold it for a little bit? Cause you're nervous about regain. And then as you progress the weight loss, when you decided, um, you know, beyond the composition changes you could make with exercise and diet, that surgery was the right option for you. And then I want to hear about that journey, the pre and and post-surgical support. Sure. So as far as the, the clothing, I would, I have, I think I still have one pair of um, jeans and one pair of like pajama pants that were just like, wow, that's just to kind of pop back into every now and then and think, look, this is how far I've come. But other than that, you know, I need the space. I need the space for new clothes. So, you know, the old's gotta go. (laughs) So that's, that was pretty easy as I would go. I would purge probably every, I don't know, 25 pounds or so, um, get rid and, and just, like that's it I can't allow myself no there's no safety net here you know you just keep going you know so there is that and then the second part of the question was about um getting ready for surgery yeah when you decided surgery was the right choice for you yeah yeah so it was you know I with sharing my journey that was one of the things that constantly would come up and it would bother me. So I knew there was something about that. So people would ask, you know, do you have loose skin? And, you know, I did. And I had a lot around my abdomen. My, my daughter was uh, nine pounds when she was born. So I had a very large, she was very large. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course I was physically very large. And so I have a lot of skin around my abdomen. I also, as a baby, had my ureters rerouted. So I had this hip to hip scar and this where the, there was tubing that went in, there was almost like this second belly button thing. So I had a lot of things on my, my abdomen, especially that were really bothering me. Um, but when people would ask me about loose skin and I found that I was getting kind of like, ugh, I hate it when people ask me about that. You know, obviously there was something that was bothering me about it. Um, I think the problem was I, I 
at a point I didn't want people to feel like they needed to do it themselves if they didn't want to do it. I just wanted to be like, listen, be happy with what you have. And I definitely was very happy compared to where I was prior. Um, but the more that I worked out, there came this point of dimin diminishing returns. I wasn't seeing all the hard work that I wanted to be able to see. You know, um, I could feel it. I could feel it under the skin. Um, but then after, you know, a few long talks with my husband, um, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I, I think this is what I want to do is I had to find the right surgeon. I had to, um, you know, see the right things as far as, you know, I went back out into Facebook groups and started, you know, lurking and watching and gathering up all that anecdotal evidence to see, is this really going to be what I want it to be? Um, and then I realized, wow, there sure are not a lot of people that are eating super clean, going in and coming out of surgery. Right. And um, I wanted to be able to document that somebody can be keto prior and keto after um, a major surgery. And so I decided to kind of share that part of my journey as well. Thank God for your protocol. And that I think it was episode 234 that I replayed in my, you know, podcast as I would uh, walk or mow the grass over and over again, just be like, okay, I can do this. I can do this with the right supplemental support. Of course, I had been already taking a lot of your supplements prior, mm -hmm. but I really felt like, okay, I can really support um, uh, going in and out of, especially I was a little bit nervous about, you know, the impact on my gut with the, um, um, Antibiotic. antibiotics. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yes. And so, but, uh, man, it went so well. It really did. Yeah. And what, what uh, else do you think was like a key formula, I guess, for you within that protocol? And then I'd love to talk about your favorite supplements in general. Sure. Oh gosh. So <laughs> I'm like, basically open up your website and scroll and point at something. And I love it. Okay. So the, one of the biggest ones for me was inflammazyme, of course, um, uh, going in, um, making sure that I had, I think I used both the targeted strength and the rebuild spectrum yeah. probiotics. Um, prior to, I just really was really you know, a lot of people will see plastic surgery or elective surgery um, as like a kickoff point for them. And I, I wanted this to be the cherry on top. Like I wanted to be in the best shape uh, that I could bring myself to the table in um, both physically, as far as, you know, my muscle development, but also, um, you know, primed tissue as far as, you know, from within. Um, and so I was really getting down into very clean, clean eating. Um, and, uh, I was supplementing with, you know, my multi-defense, um, going in right before, oh my gosh, cellular antioxidants. That was a big player. Yeah. Um, CoQ10 prior and then the EPA DHA after, mm -hmm. um, let's see here. I already said inflammasome. That was a big deal. Um, I stopped at after or oh diet yeah yeah so bone broth going I mean prior prior I guess it's so interesting to me because now this is part of my daily routine to where I almost forget that this is like part of a protocol but yeah so fond bone broth is you know going in and coming out of I I started thinking okay instead of these things like crackers and, you know, the Campbell's chicken noodle soup, all the things that people use after surgery. Um, and, um, gosh, what was the, starts with a J there's some sort of like, basically it's a protein shake that they tell ladies to have in these groups and doctors recommend it. 
Um, but it just was filled with crap. I just couldn't believe that. Wow. their people are putting this inflammatory stuff into their bodies. When you want your body to be, yeah. you know, just handling, you know, um, tissue repair, you know? So, um, yeah, fond bone broth, definitely after collagen. So I used further food collagen and gelatin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made myself some gelatin with, um, I used relight, um, with the gelatin, um, and I actually used, um, protein sparing modified fast bread. So like my, my cracker substitute to where if I wasn't feeling hungry, but I knew I need something soothing, I wanted to have a big hit of protein. So, um, those were some staples right after, um, and right after surgery, I did not have a lot of, of appetite. So fond and my gelatin were the two go-tos for sure. Okay. And then I know you did a lot of detox packs to help with yes. static movement. And because I know you had the, like the, the, the ports, right. For a period yes. of time. And how long was that in for? So yeah, I had my drains in for seven days and um, yeah. So definitely right after surgery started the, um, the, uh, it's like a regimen. So we would do the antibiotic. And then uh, after a few hours, I would, I would pulse in my probiotic and then go back to the antibiotic for, for, I think it was a a week to two weeks and pain meds. I was only on my pain meds for two days Mm -hmm. post-surgery, walking almost upright, which after looking at some of the, the other ladies in the Facebook groups um, for plastic surgery that I was following, I was ready to be hunched over for, you know, a good two weeks. And the fact that I was, I was up and I was mobile, you know, really quickly after surgery was a big, big deal. Um, My body was just really doing well. And yes, I utilized the uh, reset, restore, uh, renew detox packs prior. And then again, after um, surgery, um, especially when I was um, finishing up with the, um, um, antibiotics. Um, but it really made for such a smooth healing process. Um, I was back in the gym doing cardio, just walking nice and slow, um, at week two, um, which was, you know, I would look into the, the groups and ladies were still, you know, in their recliners at that point. And I was like, oh, you just got to kind of keep moving. I, I was missing my sauna. I was missing my strength training in my, in my baths, but, um, otherwise I, you know, I had to wait for actual healing, my actual, um, incision to, to be healed. Um, and just for those who don't know, I did have a belt lipectomy, which is completely, it's like a tummy tuck, but all the way around skin removal. So, um, there was quite a lot to heal, but it was just almost ridiculous how quickly it went for me. I knew going in and I had this, you know, you, you fear like, okay, maybe I'll, I will be, kind of like everybody else and have the same, um, timeline as far as healing, but it was drastically different than, than the norm quote unquote. And I, I attribute that to, um, clean eating really strong supplement, um, support. And then also having my body are already primed in this, um, adaptive quality. When you go in and you work out and you tear your muscles yeah. and they're in this repair mode already, my body was like, okay, we're going to do it this way. That's fine. I got this. <laughs> so what kind of workout was this? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. We got you girl. That was a little different, but okay. We got you. <laughs> 
Oh man, love it. Love it. Oh, this has been yeah. so great talking to you. And um, I wanted you to share for listeners that are enjoying hearing your voice and your journey, you know, where they can connect with you. So we'll put your Instagram on the show notes at keto teacher mom. And then also you do coaching, um, at compass wellness, um, yes. share with listeners a little bit, kind of what you do in that capacity. Oh, sure. Um, and then also I want to hear, um, what you love about being a naturally nourished ambassador and kind of what that's a little bit like. Oh, absolutely. So Compass was um, a brainchild of myself and Alyssa. And then we brought Terry along um, because we had so many women reaching out to us um, after our, our own successes. And we wanted to be able to help women navigate their own wellness. Uh, we came up with a program and we currently offer a 28-day challenge. We have a VIP group where we offer um, support community um, and a particular program that we follow with these ladies, really helping them um, find their way through um, keto or paleo um, and working out and these different factors, lifestyle um, add-ins like grounding, sauna, um, sleep, sun support. We just, we just take them through everything. Um, and we really, I just love it. It's a, it's a great community of support. And um, I just love helping other women kind of find that freedom that I've found. Um, as far as being a naturally nourished ambassador, it's been just another incredible way of connecting with a group of women um, who are like-minded. Um, and uh, another thing that I, or another way that I'm just able to share something that has helped me exponentially. So finding um, you, you, Allie, Becky, this podcast and this naturally nourished line, I've been able to really support, you know, my mental, physical, um, and emotional well-being through really amazing supplements that um, are so effective. I mean, the moment I tried Gabacom, I was like, oh my goodness. And then, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon on a really rough school day, I can bring the adaptogen boost out of my bag and we're back in business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, as, you know, wife of a first responder, um, helping make sure to um, mitigate stress in my husband's gut, you know, having that GI lining support, the adrenal support, and of course the detox packs through all of the different, you know, things that he's aspirating, you know, here and there um, along the way. It just, it's such a wonderful uh, line and I'm very proud to be a part of the, um, the ambassadors group. But again, that community has been, I think one of the biggest, um, things that I didn't necessarily think of that I would come along with, with this program, but it's been fantastic. Oh, we love hearing that and love yeah. you. Um, give us your 24 hour yeah, recall. Last question. Yesterday was Sunday. So tell us what you ate yes. from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed. Oh gosh. Okay. So <laughs> let's see here. What do we have? All right. So, um, made, okay. I, yes, exactly. So my, my first thing that I usually have will be coffee and I have further food, chocolate collagen in there. And I also do a bit of either the, um, I think I got it in the bag that you guys gave at the uh, Women's Wellness, the uh, French vanilla tincture from Santa Cruz Medicinals, Mm -hmm. um, and then some Redmond sprinkled in there. Let's see here for lunch. 
When was did that I at 3 a.m.? Or did you sleep in a little? <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Uh, it, well, I slept in a little bit yesterday, but hubby went with me, so it was a little bit later in the morning. But um, still, okay. uh, because we're you know it's the weekend. Right. Uh, let's see here. Um, for lunch, oh, I've been on a big soft boiled egg kick. I love some soft boiled eggs. So soft boiled eggs. Yes. With that slightly runny yolk. And then I have some flaky, is it Maltodon? Maldon or Maldon? Yes. That they're smoked salt. So just a little bit of that sprinkled on. Um, and then last night I actually had, um, I love the egg life wraps. Have you guys tried those? So I had that with some arugula and some, um, pretty clean um, turkey as little roll-up options with a little bit of Primal Kitchen spicy mayo. And I think that rounded out my evening. It was kind of a lighter day yesterday now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I think that was it. Cool, cool. <laughs> Sounds tasty, I like it. And yeah. so often also you're in our, uh, you know, kin circle of, of the, the glass of red wine doesn't hurt on an occasion. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I do. I have my glass of red wine every once in a while. If I'm wanting something bubbly, I'll go for a Prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so much fun talking with you, Lindy. I know that a lot of our listeners are going to have some aha moments and connections. And I think like Becky noted, consistency, 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 yes. and continuing to connect yourself with your own progress. I love that with the before and afters so that yeah. you can really watch the mountains that you're able to move and yeah. that you can be your own best motivator, that your changes is what manifests the future changes and you just keep rocking and rolling. So. Yes, ma'am. So much fun having you on here. Oh, thank you so much for letting me share. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.